Welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. On Monday the 19th of July 2021, we announced the winners of the third annual Cambridge Social Innovation Prize, awarded by Trinity Hall and the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. The prize is given to social entrepreneurs who have demonstrated social impact through their ventures and who are bubbling over with ambitious plans for the future. Each winner receives a £10,000 cash prize to be used for their personal and professional development. They are also mentored by our Cambridge Social Ventures team. Susan Actmel is the Executive Director of Homes for Good and she was one of the first winners of the prize in 2019. Homes for Good is now an evolving group of social businesses with a mix of different structures and I set up Homes for Good to transform the experience that people have in the private rented sector, both landlords and tenants, and to make living in the private rented sector better. So how does that actually work? Do you buy properties and sell them or rent them out? Or do you do you rent on behalf of other people? What does it do? So there are four elements to Homes for Good. It started life as a letting agency. So that was the first thing that I created. And I created the letting agency because as a landlord myself, I wasn't happy with the service I was getting from the letting agents that I was working with. So the first thing that happened and the first that the heart of the business is a letting agency, and that's a social enterprise. And then what I realized was that people needed homes within the private rented sector who couldn't access them. And that was typically people in low incomes or in receipt of housing benefit or who had perhaps been homeless. And they were really struggling to find anything in the private rented sector. And if they did manage to find a property, it might be of poor quality and too expensive. So what I then decided in my um, naivety, I would say, was, okay, I'm going to create my own portfolio of housing that will then be managed by the letting agency. I'm going to go out and find investment and buy property. So the second big part of Homes for Good, if you like, is our property portfolios. So we buy property that is in poor condition. We renovate it. We make it beautiful. We interior design it. We fully furnish it. And then we let it out to people who are generally in low incomes and who require some sort of level of additional support. The next element of Homes for Good that is part of all of that is our tenancy support approach, which is where, as well as us being a letting agent and and a property manager, we also look at who the people are that are living in our homes. and, And we have a wide variety of tenants from all sorts of walks of life. And we, and we just offer them a level of support that they, they might need, which could be anything from very little support at all or no support at all, right through to somebody who really is very vulnerable and, and needs and wants to be in touch with us on a daily basis. There's a whole tenancy support approach there. And then the fourth element of what Homes for Good is, is uh, we have got a little spin-off repairs and maintenance business that has evolved out of all of the other stuff that we do. And we have created employment for people who have been made redundant or who have been unemployed. And that undertakes some of the day-to-day repairs and maintenance that we require in our properties. And all of those bits all work together. So you mentioned that 
you know, some of this actually came out of the fact that you were not happy about the experience you were having as a landlord. But what motivated you to make this into a social enterprise and to take it into communities and experiences that perhaps hadn't been served in a generous and kind way in the past? My background prior to setting up Homes for Good was in social enterprise. So um, I was doing a, a session for Cambridge just earlier in the week. And, you know, my first business, Impact Arts, I started that in 1994. And I think it was in 2006 that was the first time somebody said to me, do you know that Impact Arts is a social enterprise and you're a social entrepreneur? So it's, it's the only way to do business. It's just the instinctive way of doing things. So when I started Homes for Good, there were another, a number of things going on at the time. The first thing was I wanted to start a new business. I had run Impact Arts for 18 years, turned it into something I'm hugely proud of to this day, but I didn't want to do it anymore. So I wanted to start a new business. I needed this, this letting agent. And actually, the whole thing around, around you know, being a letting agent is managing relationships with landlords and tenants. And if you do that well, you can really transform how somebody feels about their home. The, the, the private rented sector is a tough environment to live in because there's all sorts of sta varying standards of practice. Legislation doesn't necessarily always make tenants feel secure. Landlords have got changing things that they have to grapple with. There are hundreds of thousands of landlords. So it's not a wholly secure place to call home if you like so I just saw an opportunity to do something different and it just felt instinctive that that's what I was going to do also a big challenge and there's nothing like a big problem to solve and so you know and I think also when I when I reflect back on everything that I did from you know all through my career and through from being a young teenager onwards all of the ingredients of what I loved and what I'd done all came into to the one thing so it was working with people in communities, which I, I cared a lot about. It would be entrepreneurial, making a difference in people's lives, property, being able to buy property, which is the favourite thing in my life, actually. And also interior design and the whole homemaking. So I was able to just bring all of my experience and ingredients and interests into a viable business. And at the time, in 2011, 2012, when I was coming up with this idea, the property market was on the floor. So that meant there was opportunity from a financial point of view in terms of the cost of properties. The social investment world was just coming to life. So there was money kicking around that, that needed a home, quite literally. Um, and there was lots of interest in the private rented sector. I was just in the right place at the right time, Pamela, because shelter were concerned and organizations like shelter and crisis were concerned about tenants experience of the private rented sector and letting agents the office of fair trading was doing studies about the, the the quality of service that letting agents provided and all of those things that i could see in research i was experiencing firsthand so it was just the right time i'm just really lucky and the other thing that happened in scotland was that 2011-12 was the start of a whole pile of legislation there's been 10 years of legislation within Scotland that has improved conditions in the private rented sector. So to be starting a business where our, our central aim is to improve standards in the private rented sector got a lot of traction. 
and we quickly, you know, we punched above our weight in terms of the profile we got in comparison to the size that we were at the beginning. So they're all the things that made it made it happen. So being a landlord, but also being a, a letting agent and, and providing homes, in this instance, for people who, you know, are coming from backgrounds that have been challenging in some way, how then do you work with those people to help them have a sense of home, but also to overcome the issues perhaps that may have got them in, in a space where they were not safe, where they didn't have a home, they became homeless, or they were dealing with d- drug addiction. Is that something that you take into consideration and work with? Or is that, from your perspective, somebody else's issue to deal with? We provide a spectrum of support to people. But our job, first and foremost, is to provide homes. That's our principal role. And there are lots of organisations around whose principal role is to provide support and very specialist support. We also have to have a viable business model. So we have to take calculated risks all the time. And that's where the whole social and financial balance becomes really important. So the way that we approach this, we believe that everybody has the right to a safe home and a home that they love. It's just a fundamental right. And not only to the right to a safe home, but a home that they love and that they feel good in. Because from there, they can rebuild their life and do the next things that they want to do in their life. And so, but there is, but we are not a support agency. That's not our primary function. The support that we provide just enables, it's, it's, it's very relationship focused. It's very human. It's light touch. It's flexible. It's voluntary. If people don't want it, they don't have to have it. Nobody, we don't have contracts from the council to provide it. So the way that we work with people is that we provide a human relationship with them and, and, and we're like trusted professionals And quite often, some of the people we work with don't have any other professionals around them. And they're sort of under the radar, although some of their problems might be quite complex. And our head of tenancy support is mental health trained, has a psychology degree. This tenancy support officers have got all of that experience, but it's generic support. It's about being kind and human and inspiring and encouraging. And it relates to the support we provide is practical related to them keep staying in their homes. The way that the, the way that we work best is when somebody has got multiple complex needs. And we do have a fair number of people who have come out of rough sleeping into one of our properties or might have come out of prison. We work with partner agencies where they provide specialist support and we sit behind them. So it's a it's a collaboration. So somebody maybe coming who needed a property who had who'd maybe been rough sleeping and had addiction active addiction going on we would struggle to support them to sustain a tenancy without a specialist intervention alongside us so that's the way that we do it but our job first and foremost is to create the home in the first place in 2019 you were one of the first winners of the Cambridge Social Innovation Prize what was that like winning the Cambridge Trinity Social Innovation Prize was brilliant. That's all I can say about it. So when when I applied for it, which I think was in March, Homes for Good was at a really critical time. It was at a really critical time. So and actually I was I was reading back through and reflecting on my notes from the time and I'd just forgotten. It's only two years ago, but I'd forgotten how much 
well, actually, I was really surprised at how much has changed since then. But, you know, in March 2019, we were at this crossroads where we had, we were five or five, five years old, more or less. We had started to prove, you know, everybody was interested in Homes for Good. We were proving that our, our model slowly but surely, but we weren't necessarily financially stable. There was, and, and we had lots of potential, but there was also lots of uncertainty that I was grappling with, you know, how am I going to fund our tenancy support work? How, where am I going to raise more investment? We had an original early investor who wanted to get their money out early. So there was a real crossroads and actually it felt to me quite fragile. So it felt like we were growing on my energy and the team's energy, but actually the foundations weren't quite solid enough. And so that was that was what was happening at Homes for Good when, when I applied for the prize. And and when I get the phone call to say that I'd won, I didn't quite believe it. But I also recognise, I was thrilled. I'm still thrilled. But I recognised the opportunity of what it was. And I saw two opportunities. I saw, firstly, becoming part of a network at Cambridge University, which I had never previously considered. Because as you can tell, I'm from Glasgow and my world revolves around you know, Scotland and Strathclyde University, which is my university where I'm very active. But I recognise the opportunity of the networks of Cambridge University and also what I could contribute in. I saw that there was just an opportunity to do something new. And also what the prize offered, which I only really realised once I had won it. And they said, OK, what are you going to do? What's the programme of work that you're going to do? It gave me an opportunity to, to, to develop myself. And, and that's quite precious because when you're starting a business, all anyone cares about is growing the business and, and, and external funders and things. But actually to have an award where the focus is on you as the entrepreneur and what do you need? And, and, and it, was, it, you know, it was an educational focus, but it was about my development. That was actually lovely. So... Yeah, it, 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 and, and it also, you know, I think in the way that I used the prize, it gave me breathing space. It gave me a bit of resource at a time when financial resource was quite tight in Homes for Good to go up and down to London for a year and talk to investors. And, 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 and it gave me the opportunity to think about going back over to Barcelona and over to Germany and benchmarking housing systems in different countries, which then tied, tied right back into my languages degree that, and, and what I did when I was 20. So, so that, that was all the things that, that came out of the prize. Once you had had th those experiences, which clearly are continuing, how then has Homes for Good benefited from what you were able to give yourself? Well, I would say that the benefits were limited by COVID. Because, you know, the, you know, I was awarded the prize in July 2019 and the sort of, the, the money was part of it because it does enable you to do things. It, it, would have, it would have enabled me to go to Barcelona for a month. It enabled me to go up and down to London. But actually there was much more behind that. That is, it, the money is very useful, but it's just money. And without all of the other aspects of it, you know, that that's that that is that that's quite a single thing. I think that when I what was interesting for me is that when I reflected on what I was going to do with Homes for Good, you know, the crossroads that I was at and the things that, that I needed to do in March 19, 
and I've reflected on what we've done. We've done all of them. So one of the things I remember very vividly, and, I'm, and this is why I'm so delighted to continue to be involved with Cambridge and to, and to also give straight back as well into the prize and into all of the, you know, the future generations, was that I felt very celebrated and everybody around me, the sponsors, the judges, everybody around me that I came into contact with at Cambridge made me feel that what I did every day, which to me is just ordinary, it made me feel extraordinary. And that is a huge boost for your confidence. It's just a huge shot in the arm of for your confidence, your self-esteem, your confidence and your belief that you can grow it even further. So that is probably the most important thing that came out of it for me, actually. And then I now have these net networks in Cambridge so I can I contribute to the university and I know that if I wanted to find out about something, I could find somebody very quickly in the business school would help me with it. So it's almost set the foundations for a, a much longer relationship than just a year of a prize. You mentioned COVID-19. How did that impact what you do and the services you provide and the homes that you, you provide? So, you know, we're all still reflecting about what's happened. And, you know, a couple of things, there's a whole number of things came out with COVID-19. But if I think about from the focus, well, first of all, how is Homes for Good at the other end of COVID-19? We've come out of it as an organisation quite strongly. And we're lucky. I am lucky that the business that I run is a, a housing business and not a cafe or not a theatre company or not a hotel. So I'm very... I'm very uh, mindful and grateful of the fact that I just happened to choose a business that in a world pandemic people you know it was relatively untouched so we have come out of the other end of it quite strong our business model also um, was robust and I don't think we realized how robust it was but we were able to go to remote working in 48 hours with no additional apart from the fact that we're all working out what zoom is for the first time we were already set up for remote working and everything on the cloud and everyone having iPhones and laptops. The way that the business had been designed was as a mobile team. So right at the beginning, we didn't have a lot of reorganizing to, reorganization to do. Lots of operational workarounds to do with social distancing and, and not being able to, you know, the property market was shut down for three months and we had staff on furlough, all the things that everybody had, but we came out of it well. We turned a lot of attention to our tenants and we did all sorts of stuff with our tenants, which was from directly not waiting for other organisations to get food parcels sorted, just doing it ourselves, just spending the money on that, right through to art workshops for children online during the summer holidays to give the parents a break. And we're still doing all of that stuff. So our Homes for Good came out of it well. Personally, I think within the first three months, I realised that I think I'm quite a good leader in a crisis. I think I led us through it well. I'm quite proud of, of what I did. Also, what was happening during the whole of COVID, uh, up, until September, well, up until September um, last year, was that we were renegotiating or negotiating our investment with the big issue which was 
an absolutely humongous transaction, quite complex. So we were exiting our early investor and bringing the biggest biggest you invest in as our share as a new shareholder, as well as running the business on a day to day. So you know, when I reflect back on everything that happened, um, I mean, there was obviously some wobbly times. You know, my mental health suffered a little bit, or quite a lot actually, and some of my colleagues did. But actually, we all came out of it fine. And I'm very mindful that a lot of organisations and a lot of people didn't, but I'm very grateful that we did. What's next for you? What What does the future hold for Susan Actimel and for Homes for Good? One of the one of the downsides of COVID, but also of the amount of work involved in the transaction that we did with Big Issue, which I'm so proud and pleased that we did do, was that but, but those two things combined meant that we didn't grow last year at all. So growth, that's the first thing. We we need we need and want to get to a thousand homes. So our ped, you know, our foot is firmly back on the pedal to do that. I want to acquire another letting agent. So that's the next thing that I want to grow through acquiring a letting agency and bringing it into the Homes for Good family, get growth that way. We need to raise another £20 million, which we're making good progress with. So, so the plans that we had set out pre-COVID were just slowly but surely working towards them. We also have started a programme of work that's funded by the lottery where we are engaging with other organisations around the UK to potentially replicate what we do or at the very least learn from us and adopt some of our practices into their own work in the private rented sector. So that's going to be quite a big focus for us. And from my own personal point of view, um, I had originally promised myself that this would be 10 years and that was in 2013. And, and you know, that's two years to go. So it's not going to be 10 years. I'm definitely staying for longer because this is what I was meant to do. And there's still lots that I want to do. But what I am what I am now actively doing is creating slowly but surely the succession. So I am working on properly creating the conditions where the business is not dependent on my energy, that the systems are in place, that the people beside me are actually running the day-to-day. And, and now that we're out of COVID and we're on an even keel again, I'm, I'm accelerating that. So I do want to get to the point, you know, my, my vision would be that in maybe three years' time, I'm the chair and I'm still involved and still driving it, but not doing it. Because I've got to get back to Barcelona and I've got to go over to Amsterdam and go around Europe with my husband. As a, as a past winner, what would be your advice to, first of all, those who are thinking about applying and to those who win? In the words of lots of game show hosts, you've got to be in it to win it in the first place. So if you're thinking about applying, apply because you're not going to win otherwise. And if you win, most people, myself included, will look at a competition or look at an award, will see the prize money and gravitate towards the prize money because you don't often get prize money with the sort with in the awards world and social enterprise. But it's about much more than the money. It's about so much more than the money. And actually, the opportunity of being part of Cambridge and part of Trinity and the business school and the social innovation team, that is the real prize. And, And what I would say to winners is do not waste that opportunity because 
a year passes. And for me, I've already said to the to the guys in Cambridge, I'm not going anywhere after the year. I'm here for life. So I'm going to just keep coming back and keep contributing and keep picking your brains. But do not pass up on the opportunity of what Cambridge can offer and what and what all of the people involved can offer in terms of supporting you and helping you grow your business. That was Susan Actmel, Executive Director of Homes for Good and a winner of the first annual Cambridge Social Innovation Prize awarded by Trinity Hall and the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. You can find out more about the work we do by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter and YouTube.